0: Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 416, and today I'm excited because I have another guest on. ...that I actually ran into when I was visiting Toronto. I was there uh, in Toronto for a, uh, a game that my son and I went to. Met up with Dom Sugar there, spur of the moment. You might have heard on a past episode when I actually planned that trip... ...which was literally like in like a day's notice. Um, we went to one of the uh, one of the playoff games and uh, I had a little meetup there. I had a little TAS meetup in Toronto... Never done that before, so decided to do it. We had about 15 people show up literally within 24 hours, so it was kind of like last minute thing, and um, and this guy happened to be there, uh, a listener of the, of the show, and also someone that's building a brand and really gets social media. He really gets email lists. He really gets brand and how to build a brand, and he's also open about discussing his brand because he's building it for the long haul. He's not just banking on Amazon, he's building it on Shopify and his own platform and he's using his own channels and all of that stuff. His name is Lucas Walker and I had a great conversation with him, a long conversation at our Toronto meetup and he had a lot of great conversations with a lot of other TISers there just explaining what he's done and a lot of what he's done is about, you know, it's. Very similar to what we've talked about, and that is like building a following or a market that, or in a market with an email list or a social presence. Now he's doing Instagram, he's doing Facebook, and I wanted to have him come on and really talk about his overall strategies as far as moving forward. Um, He does a lot of really cool things. I love the way that he thinks. And then that's why, again, I wanted to have him on here and really also to catch up with him. Now, it's been a little while uh, since I've wanted to get him on. We've been really trying to get together to record this, and then either something came up on his end or something came up on my end, but finally, finally... I get to have him on the show, and since I talked to him, things have happened. So I'm like, all right, you got to catch me up to what's happening now and and what has happened since we last talked, and that's exactly what you're going to hear here. Um, so you're going to hear all of that stuff. You're also going to hear how he discovered the product that he's now selling and, and the brand that he discovered by coming up with a solution for a problem that he was facing, and then literally him and his wife came up with it and then started doing this thing on the side and then said, hey, wait a minute. If other people are doing this in the e-commerce space, why can't I? And uh, the other really interesting thing is, is he really didn't look at like the competition as far as like, do I need to worry about this market? Because it's very, very competitive. And, uh, and he's going to talk all about that market, how it how this all kind of came about. He's going to talk about his strategies for building the social media, how he, how he uh, really communicates with them, how he gets buzz, um, a lot of really cool things. So... I am going to stop talking now so you guys can listen, but I'm super excited for you guys to hear this because Lucas is a really, really smart guy, and whenever we can kind of get in the room with a smart person, we want to listen and pay attention, and uh, And he's doing really good things, so I really want you to listen and pull out some of these nuggets that he's going to drop on us and implement those, and I just want to say, a lot of the stuff that he's talking about, we're actually doing in our new brand, and that's why I love talking about this stuff even more because I know the power in doing this stuff, all right? Little quick reminder, two things. Number one, the show notes can be found at TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash 416. And then you can grab all the show notes to transcripts. If you wanted to read through them Uh, word for word, they're there for you, for everyone that wants those show notes and those transcripts. And the other thing that I want to remind you is there is a free resource that will go really, really well with the conversation that we had today that Chris Schaefer and I had already done. And that is our list building workshop. It's free. You don't even have to register for it. You don't even have to enter your name and email address. You just go there and it is going to be there for you guys to start going through. And that can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash build list. And that is where I suggest you go to really start understanding number one, where your market is and then how to build a list inside of that market. And then also how to use social media to help you do that as well. All right. So sit back, relax, enjoy this deep dive into uh, this amazing brand that Lucas is building, and all of the things that we're going to learn. So enjoy. Well, hey Lucas, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How you doing, man?
1: Good, good. I'm I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. And I know it's been uh, a few weeks in the making, so I'm glad we could finally <laughs> find a time for uh, both of us that that works out because it must have been. Oh God, you were when we met. You were coming down for the NBA playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> It was a yeah. raptor, so it had to have been the first round. Yep. So that would have been April, May. Yeah. So It's been it's been a few months. It's but. been a long
0: time. It's been a long time, but but it's it's you know the thing is is uh, you know there's a lot that's happened, um, and there's a lot of things that we wanted to talk about then and and now. There's other things that have been happening. So I just really want you to kind of give me a little bit of a catch up. Uh, and for everyone that is like just tuning in for the first time, I want to give them a little bit of the background, but. You know, I met you at one of our TAS meetups in Canada, in Toronto, um, and uh, and you were just kind of blowing me away with all of the different things that you're doing with your brand, and really talking about social media, Shopify, um, not just Amazon. And that's really what I was, I was really intrigued by, is that you weren't like just like okay, everything's Amazon. You're like, Amazon's a part of it, but there's so much more that we're doing, and you see the big picture in social media and and pages, and, and and using contests, and all of that stuff. So I guess I just want to kind of go through what we kind of discussed, but then really dig into a few of those topics. So maybe you can give us a little bit of a background as like how you even got involved in this e-commerce game.
1: Yeah, so we started Treats Happen, it's a natural dog treat company, wow, three years ago now. We were just making treats for our dogs, because we've got um, big boxers, and most of the stuff in pet stores is really geared towards smaller dogs, yeah. A, because, it's that's the trend right now with dog ownership, but also it's easier to hit that sweet retail price point of four ninety nine, nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. But we were tired of going and buying through packs and spending a, a ton of, on treats because we didn't want to give our dogs all the crap that's in the mass commercial products. We were making our own, and um, I actually had a bunch of friends selling on e commerce, selling socks and stuff. So we figured, you know what. If, if they can sell socks on, on the internet, I'm sure we can find a community of, of dog owners that want to buy some treats. So we, we built the first Shopify site back in uh, October, November 2014. And then it it took a couple of weeks to get that first sale. We didn't really advertise or promote it too, too much. Um, it was actually an organic sale. Somebody found us through Reddit. Oh, wow. And I remember I was coming back from a Buffalo Bills game. So because I was only going leaving the, leaving the country for a few hours, I didn't have any roaming data on so I'm sitting in line in the bridge Now we long way up and I, I just turn my phone back on and I see this notification I've never seen before. <laughs> and it was a little Shopify icon. So I'm like, nice. wow, that, that's addicting. Oh yeah. And so a few months later when I was actually let go from my job, it was two weeks before a big, um, pet expo. So we figured, you know what, let's do this as the test. If we can get people who have never heard of us to, to purchase, then let's see if we can make a go at it. And I think we did probably about three grand that weekend in sales wow. so we thought you know what yeah and you know what this this is something if that's one show yeah. and one revenue stream will and we can boost online go wholesale i think we we have a business here we're lo- looking at the competition and it's they just didn't really connect with their customers so so riley and i as my significant other who also uh is a huge part of treats happen it wouldn't be uh, possible without her it it, we just thought you know what let's let's do this and make it happen so we did a bunch of uh, little shows over the summer and I'm actually on an episode of the, and we are actually on an episode of the shop My masters podcast talking about how we built the brand oh, nice going to all these little trade shows it, that first summer we probably spent 30 40 days on the road wow. just going out there and talking to people and you don't always see the roi of going to trade shows and I guess it will be that first sort of uh revenue stream but you're talking to people you're building connections who knows what will come out of that connection or the value of a customer you might get especially with us when it is a consumable product we have a fairly high lifetime customer value so if we get one customer at one of these events that stays with us for the lifetime of of uh, their dog That'll pay for the the show and then some, plus everything else that we make. But it's oh, also man. nice to get the feedback from people. They can, if we want to just try a new treat, we can try it out with 50 different dogs in a day to see. you know what? Our dogs like it, but it's not that popular. Maybe that's not something that we want to uh, go and release.
0: Okay. So uh, I, I'm going to pause right here just because that's, I mean, you just, you just said a bunch of stuff that I want to dig into because, you know, it, it sounds pretty straightforward, and you know i know a lot more went into that but you you have these dog treats that you're making and i'm assuming you're making them yourself just kind of putting these things together. And you kind of probably did a little bit of research to see like how to form these things and like all that stuff. So you had to do all that stuff. You make these things, your dog likes them and you know, people that are in the e-commerce space and you're thinking to yourself like, wow, if they can sell, you know, these things, I could probably sell these things. So you never thought for a second though, that this might be like a competitive space. You didn't look at, you know, how many numbers are being sold. Like you didn't look at any of that stuff. You just thought that, You know that there's pet owners out there like yourself that probably want better treats and we'll go out there and we'll see what happens. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. We didn't take a pragmatic approach at all because we weren't planning on building a business. It was originally just going to be a hobby to make. You know, a few extra bucks, similar treats are being sold at PetSmart, sure. at all the big pet stores. Yeah. There's enough demand out there. So it wasn't completely blind. Yep. Um, but no, it is an incredibly competitive space. I would caution anyone looking to get into the pet industry that you are competing against uh, PetSmart, Petco, Chewy.com, which is now PetSmart, Walmart, Amazon, Nestle, Mars. You're competing against huge, huge brands. So your advertising costs can be significantly higher uh, which is a nice transition into talking about some of the social stuff that we're doing mm. to really build our audience and and engage with them
0: yeah and that's that's gonna be really what I'm gonna want to focus in on because you know again like you know people would say I'm not going in that market because it's way too saturated and I would agree with that if you don't have a plan in place or something that you know that you can have some type of unique selling proposition, some type of brand recognition or a loyalty or any of that stuff. So, okay. So you, you start selling these things. Now, let me ask you this though, at these trade shows, were these two like people that were buying them for for their pets or were the businesses that you were going to wholesale? What was that customer?
1: Yeah, it was, I'd say 90% direct to consumer. And then usually, um... We'd end up talk at least talking to a couple of retailers. They would say, "Oh, you know what? I've I've got a store, or I work at a store." So it would be both. Ideally, okay. um, the ideal trade show or little show that we that we do, we would be profitable that weekend directly, mm-hmm. plus pick up some lifetime customers and get into a retailer. That gotcha. would be
0: okay. the
1: ideal weekend for
0: us. Okay. Okay. Cool. But mainly, you got people walking through that are pet owners. They're looking at this stuff, and then you're like, "Okay, cool." And then you might strike a few that are retail that you might be able to get in, into those, those locations eventually, which would be, which would be great.
1: Exactly. And our big retail strategy is we ask our customers, which retailers they want us to be in mm. and then they'll tag them on social media and some listen, not all do, but you know what? It, it shows that that demand to at least get us in the door to talk to, um, a lot of retailers that we maybe wouldn't be talking to otherwise. And when you're doing sales, it gives you a reason to, to give them a call. So when you call them up and say, Hey, you know what? The reason for my call is that we have mutual customers and they'd love to buy our products from you. It's a lot more compelling than, Hey retailer, we've, we've got a new brand. You want to carry it, even though it's competitive to products you're already selling.
0: Oh, I like that. Yeah. 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 You're, you're kind of like validating it for them. You're like, listen, I've talked to a bunch of our customers and they would really love to buy it in your store, but it's not there hey. yet.
1: Exactly. And the yeah. number one thing you can do when selling to retailers is help help them make more sales. So it's, yeah. here, here's a silver platter of customers <laughs> for you with, with all the, the data. And that actually goes into our long-term strategy with Amazon is eventually we'd love to be in a PetSmart or a big national chain. We're not quite there yet, yep. but when we are we have that data on what products are being sold in what area. And Mm -hmm. we can do a nice little overlay map of, hey, this is where we've sold products. And let's narrow it down to a five mile radius of your source.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Now, let me ask you this too. Okay. So when you're first starting out, like how did you come up with like, Like the size of the treats, the, how many, how many come in a bag, how many packs, like did you start off with just one pack or did you start up with like, you were going to do three pack, five pack, how many in a bag? Like, how did you come up with that stuff before we get into the social plan here?
1: Yeah. You know what? We started out and again, it wasn't very pragmatic at all, but, um, basically we just got some, some coffee pouches yep, and what felt good in the bag and our pricing was all over the place. So I don't know if you want to cut this up, but here is a major nugget for uh, for anyone doing consumer packaged goods. Aim to line price everything. So as we mature, we we learn to set the the same price at everything. Um, don't have some products at $8.99 and other products at $16 if it's going to be very similar in the eyes of the consumer. So try to make it everything line price, which was a lesson that, that we did learn along the way. But when we... First, got started. We were we did all all kinds of stuff that didn't really make sense, but mm. it's one of those lessons that, that sure. you learn you learn along the way.
0: So, what what would be an example of that? Can you give me an example of like how how you line your, your pricing so it kind of aligns so you're not like all over the place?
1: Yeah, so all of our products are either um, four ounces or six ounces, okay, um, unless they're done by individual count, and then our prices are uh, all fourteen ninety nine for the individual bag, and then it goes. Um, down as you buy more. So we also do five packs and ten packs. Okay. So obviously there's a bulk discount. Sure. So then five five packs are 60, 10 packs are a hundred.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. It's and it's I think it's simpler, right? Wow. It kind of simplifies the process.
1: Yeah, and yeah. Then it's and we're not big on discounts, so we can always say, hey, well, if you want to save twenty five percent buy a 10-pack or a collection.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I like that. that that's that's really good. That's, that's smart. Um, okay, so now let's talk about this. And I think this is what everyone is probably curious about, I'm curious about. You're saying to yourself, like, okay, like we just need to build ourselves a social presence. We got to get people talking about this stuff. What better way nowadays with social media to make that happen? What was your first plan or was there even a plan in place that you said, we're going to start to get some buzz, and this is how we're going to do it. What was your first social platforms that you started, and which ones are the best today, I guess?
1: Yeah, Facebook and Instagram was where we started. Um, that's still where we spend the majority of our time. Okay. Instagram was the best when we first got got going because it was very easy to make those one-to-one personal connections, mm-hmm. and we would just sit there on the couch at night and comment and message. 10 or 20 people each every every night, and you know what, maybe between the two of us doing this a couple times a day, all of a sudden we're having 100, um, you know, one-to-one connections, and that's really how we built up our, our fan base early on, was we would search for people posting our product, search for... Because we're in Toronto, you know the hashtag dogs of Toronto, really mm-hmm. getting micro focus to build that that brand and that loyalty with our customers. Because we can't we couldn't afford to spend $50,000 on advertising for a month right. to right. create brand awareness, but people would buy from us. They're receptive to us at, at the trade shows, and the nice thing is that social media really helps scale that out, and it helps you find those people that will always be loyal to your brand, which down the road, the more engagement you can have on your content early on. So let's say you, you post it, the, mo- the more engagement you can have in that first, say, hour, the The higher the number of people that will see it will be because sure. Facebook says, you know what, it's this is good content, let's show it out to more people. Mm. And so, by building those personal relationships, they'll say, "You know what? Yeah, I like treats happen. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna habitually like their content." And it also helps by posting good content that people like. Mm. Um, but that's really what we did was really just sort of pounded the pavement on uh, on our smartphones on Instagram to build up that that initial following.
0: So, were you were you then looking at similar pages that had your ideal clients or your your customers, and then you would reach out to the customers, or would you reach out to the pages? on that? Like I'm, I'm...
1: Yeah, we we would reach out to the customers. We, follow, we followed a lot of hashtags on Instagram, okay. and that was actually one of the reasons why we did feel that there was that opportunity, was a lot of the smaller independent brands didn't have good social presence. Okay. So their customers may have been posting on Instagram, but they weren't doing anything for it. And I'm a big Gary Vaynerchuk guy. Mm-hmm. So it's, if you get into Gary Vee and the thank you economy, if someone takes the time to post a photo of your brand uh, on the internet, the least you can do is leave a comment saying, hey, thank you so much for, yeah. for sharing
0: this. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And, and a lot of people weren't. So that was a very low hanging fruit opportunity there.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's It's so simple to do, too. And people, they like that because you kind of actually reached out to them and personalized it by, you know, saying, Hey, thanks. And this is, I mean, how long does that take you? Right. I mean, not, not long at all. So, no, so you, you basically you do
1: two a minute for 10 minutes. Right. And all of a sudden it's, you've yeah. connected with 20 people. Yeah. Like it's not, you have to have the discipline to do it every day. And a lot of people don't but right. it's not hard.
0: Right. No, no, it's not hard. It's like you said, you need the discipline and the consistency to do that over and over again. And it's going to be a slow you know, start, but it's going to start to build um, momentum over time. Now you do that on Instagram, you did it on Facebook. What were you posting for content? I know that's another big one that a lot of people want to know, like what kind of content are you creating? And it seems like that's like a chore to have to create all this content yourself. So
1: so we schedule it a lot on Instagram. We repost a lot of things, just good dog pictures. It's not rocket science. Show the people what they what they want to see. Um, so a lot of quotes do well on Instagram. Uh, just finding and looking at what other pictures in your. Uh, you didn't ask me if it's uh, niche or niche, but
0: uh, <laughs> that's in, right. Uh, it's niche your, where you are, though, right?
1: It, you know what? Most people I know say niche, but I watched a lot of King of the Hill as a kid, so I say niche.
0: <laughs> oh, do you really?
1: I, I just remember
0: oh, Hank wow. saying.
1: Say, calling Bobby find what your niches and that will lead to riches. So I was a uh, niche and people looked at me kind of funny Oh, that's um, funny. <laughs> But natural yeah, niche whichever one see what kind of contents doing well there So I know that you like the the garlic press example or the bass yeah. fishing example yeah, yeah, maybe post a nice picture of, of a boat out on the water and, and haven't take the time to write out a couple sentences about what that photo means or if you're doing the garlic press Take find a nice photo with some cloves of garlic and I don't know some some nice tacos yeah and just talk about that and inspire people a little bit and you don't need to inspire them to go change their lives but you need to get them to think for half a second you can't just post generic photos have a call to action leave leave a question mm. maybe you'd say hey when when you're making when you're making tacos do you prefer chicken or beef mm. and just encourage that engagement um so i like to find good stuff i'm a bit i'm a big redditor so i'll find content that does well on reddit and i try to get it posted pretty quickly and i pride myself on uh beating a lot of the top viral pages for for finding things like that
0: nice nice Um, yeah there's there's definitely some some things you can take away from reddit just from seeing what's trending what's 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 working and like even celebrities
1: with dogs for us is always popular um because people like that. Um, and then we also post a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. So whenever we are doing an event, whenever we're at a, uh, a retailer doing a sampling day, we try to post as much of that as possible. Uh, we post stuff with us a little bit. We probably should do a little bit more on the personal branding side of things. But we also we like to give back a lot. So with the, the Hurricane Harvey and, and Derma, we found these cool little um, just canvas prints at HomeSense. So we gave them away, and just to enter the contest, you had to donate 5 bucks to any charity, whether they're helping animals or the Red Cross or someone, and just leave a comment saying that you did that. So we do a lot of sort of more unique giveaways that way as well um, to build it up. We try to do fun little giveaways. We don't give away a ton of product, but we give away things that our customers would like.
0: Mm. Let's let's kind of talk about that a little bit because I know we talked about that in Toronto. Um, You know, you had did some – some types of contests and stuff to kind of get that going. And you've also, you know, even did some, some stuff where you donate to charity. Um, I think in your market, it's really good for, for a charity and people love to get behind that. Talk a little bit about that. And, and what was your main goal in doing a contest or a giveaway? I'll yeah, so brand awareness.
1: Yeah. So for us, we use them as we always like to encourage the behavior that, that you want. So for us in any brand, it's to drive sales. Um, so we'll use a Gleam contest. Um, that's just the app that we use yep. on, and we post on our Shopify page. And you can assign different points for different things. So a big thing for us is email, refer a friend. We always say, hey, are you a customer? Our customers come first. What was your order number? Or where did you purchase from? Um, then we'll encourage those people, that unlocks another one. Hey, go leave a review on, on Amazon if you purchased. We make that one worth uh, the least amount of points though. So it's not, like we're incentivizing the reviews, but mm-hmm. it is asking our customers to leave a review on Amazon. Um, those are the big ones uh, that we do with the the tool. And sometimes we'll partner up with other companies to give away something. We gave away a tether tug uh, a couple of weeks ago. So we had whoever gave the most referrals and then uh, one winner picked at random got the, uh, the tether tug. So we'll do cool stuff like that. Um, we actually found a really cool promo product. So we do, and that got picked up by BuzzFeed. It's actually blown up. Wow. Um, but it's, we found a supplier that can do custom printed pillow covers. So we'll do the, um, you know, one of our loyalty programs in the store is if you buy 10 bags of treats, you get the free pillow cover. Nice. Um, so you can upload a picture of your, of your dog or your cat or your pet, anything that you want. Um, and we'll print it on the pillow cover for you. So some of these pictures are just absolutely stunning. Mm. Um, and then really it's like a little treats have billboard in your living room.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Always remember that you got it from us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's clever. That's, that's definitely clever. Uh, so, okay. And so are you, are you building an email list of non customers as well as your customers? I know if they buy through Shopify, they're automatically added, but with Amazon it's, it's harder. Um, are you, are you building an email list outside of that as like an interest from a contest of some kind?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, uh, I'm going to give you my, uh, my big secret here that I wasn't sure I was going to give away,
0: but we <laughs> here we go
1: we do a lot of trivia. Um, that's the other type of content that we post where, um, and we target it by breed. So let's say, can you score, can you get over seven out of 10 on boxer trivia? Mm. Because people with boxers, they'll really resonate with that. And then what we gate is your score for your email address. And then we will usually do a little promo. Hey, enter your email for, um, a free bag of treats. If you spend over 50 bucks and your email address. Gotcha. So that, so then that's what we do to gate it. And that's re- really how we build uh our email list, which is still the best converting for us by uh by far. Okay. Um as sexy as social is, it's still to drive emails because there's so much you can do with an email. Mm -hmm. And especially for a brand like us where it's not necessarily going to be, oh, I see a picture of it and I gotta have it, so I'm gonna go and buy it. It's very transactional. Mm -hmm. There is a little bit of brand warmth that I call it. So we do a lot of our advertising, the other reason to have High engagement with your your audience is because you can actually create a Facebook um, ad audience to remarket to anyone who's engaged with your brand. Mm -hmm. So in the U.S., we'll send a lot of a lot of times we will actually advertise to send to our Amazon page, and then the next set of ads will be buy from us because Amazon, in the eyes of the consumer, and it's easy for us to forget this is. It's a very trustworthy source. There are a lot of people who only want to buy from Amazon, whether Mm -hmm. it's because they have Prime or they just trust it. Um, So we say, hey, you know what? We're on Amazon Prime, or and then you can come to the website and buy from us. So we do a little bit of of retargeting to both, just to give people the options of where they want to buy. And then here in Canada, we don't have too much of a retail presence in the U.S. yet. Um, But here in Canada, it'll be, hey, find a retailer carrying our products again people don't always want to buy online from a website. Maybe they just want to go somewhere local and, and pick up to their, uh, their product.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes, that makes total sense.
1: So I know I said a lot there. Yeah, you did.
0: Uh, you did. Um, but it,
1: it's really taking that holistic approach to look at everything, whether it's engaging social content that leads to if they don't purchase then you get an email address and using that engagement to retarget to, to your audience and keep them warm. And give them a couple of options. It's not just, hey, you can only buy on Amazon. I'm only gonna do Amazon PPC. It's not, I'm only going to drive foot traffic into my retailers. It's not, I'm only going to bring bring people to my website. It's a blend of everything.
0: And and so like when you when you are uh, let's say you collect an email address, and I know it's probably gonna be different on how they entered their email, like depending on what they did, but maybe you can give us an example. So like if someone enters their email for one of your, you know, lead captures, um, what would you follow up with? Would it be a follow-up with more content that they could resonate with of people using the product or, or maybe just a tip, uh, you know, that they can use for their dog, uh, you know, so that way there, and then, then you can wrap that around, Maybe your product, like what's your strategy with like an autoresponder, like responding to those people after they've entered the email?
1: Yeah. So the first um, email is actually an intro from us, from Luke, from myself and Riley. Um, It's a picture of us and our dogs. Um, It's a link to a couple of times we've been featured in, in various publications. And then we say, Hey, reply back with a picture of your dog. And a lot of people do take the time to send us a picture, and so we start that that manual engagement with them mm, like early that. on. Yeah, um, and obviously not everyone will, but if someone takes the time to introduce mm. themselves, I'll, even if it's five to ten emails a day, I can quickly just say thank you, thank you so much for for sending this. It's great to to meet you. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and then the next email is just talking about different treats because we do get asked a, a lot. Well, you know what treat should I be giving my dog? So mm. We educate the, uh, the customers a little bit in that email. Then the next one is just sort of something fun. Um, hey, here's our top five funny blog posts. Mm. So it's just keeping that engagement up. But then in each email, there's also, hey, you can always grab uh, grow the product on Amazon. And here are some, some always popular products. So we put those into the email as well. But it's more of a secondary thought, not necessarily getting them to purchase right at that moment, but getting them to warm up to the brand and giving them the option to purchase.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. I I think that works really well. Uh, because again, you're giving them value. They're not opening the email every time thinking they're going to be sold your product. Um, and they're going to see that, you know, you're, you're giving, well, first off you've introduced yourself so they know who they're speaking to. And then number two, they also then start to see that you're going to give them, you know, good tips and advice because you guys have kind of positioned yourself as not necessarily the experts, but people that have done the research to find the best stuff for your dogs. And then from there, you get to have some humor in there and some comedy and people love to laugh. So why not make them laugh? They're going to become more of a fan. And then from there, you can always sprinkle in and oh, by the way, if you wanted to check out our treats, go here or whatever. Um, Exactly. It's just so easy.
1: It's a lot more, especially for us, because we have such a high lifetime customer value. Yeah. we um, The last time I calculated the numbers, I think 37% of people had purchased more than once. Nice. Um, and that's not including people who had purchased in a store and come to the website or on Amazon because we can't track that. So yeah. it's probably a bit higher. So we don't need to go and, and create as much urgency as someone that says, hey sign up for your 20% discount that's going to expire in 24 hours and then z- send six emails in that 24hour span saying hey it's done mm. and then that email emails oh by the way but because I like you I've extended it for, an, for another 24 hours and creating that false urgency yeah we don't we don't need to do that as right. much right um, you always want to create some urgency sure. so we'll do um, and that gets into something that you had mentioned a few minutes ago was a lot of times we'll do sort of rescue days where we'll donate, um, say 10% of sales that day to a rescue that we've gotten to know and, and mean something to us. And it's not, we do see an uptick in sales because of it, but we do it as a way to give back. If we can, over the course of the year on a few different days, donate a couple hundred bucks to different, to different causes. And that's, it's something that's nice to do and it's a nice way to give back.
0: I love that. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Uh, it's, Again, it's a way to give back. People love to be part of something. They also like to know that I'm not spending anything additional. I'm just buying something I'm already going to buy. I just gonna, I might buy a five pack now instead of you know waiting or whatever, um, so I can also then donate. I think that's great, um, and it also shows that what you stand for. It shows that you're not into it for just the you know for just the money. You're into it to make a difference. Uh, you know, so I think that's I think that's really really important. Um, so let's, let's finish on this. I know we could keep going. We've got a hundred different things we could talk about, but I know that you're really, um, you're really good about kind of like planning out like a funnel of some kind, um, for, you know, someone that takes an action. And we just kind of talked about that with like your, your nurture sequence. But what about if someone goes in and buys a product? Do you have anything that is like a lead in buy that then shows them other things that they can buy on the back end or more of something? Do you have anything of that in place that you're running Facebook ads to currently?
1: So the biggest thing is, once they purchase, getting them to make it a subscription. Mm. So we have a lot of follow-ups around that. Group for just sort of repeat purchasers. So it's not huge, but it's really our most loyal customers. So once we get people into that, then we find um, there is a lot more purchasing as well. And we show a lot more behind-the-scenes stuff in that. So it's not just buy, 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 buy. Gotcha. Um, but to build a brand. So it's it's those two things. It's really the email sequence. The hardest thing is knowing when they would want to buy more product. Um, we experimented with a couple of upsell things on the way to checkout, but it just we found it actually lowered our conversion rate, so it um, wasn't really worth it. On the product pages, we do have uh an ad just about buying and saving in a five pack and a ten pack. Um so that's really what we, where we aim to push it, um, and then we use free shipping on our Shopify site as another upsell mechanism. So we do five dollar flat rate shipping or free over a hundred bucks, gotcha. and then a lot of people do buy, end up buying that supersized collection or um, a ten pack just to hit that free shipping threshold. So, so nothing formal. We're not using like any click funnels or anything like that to to do post purchase upsells, but there are a few upsell mechanisms along the way to um, increase your order size, as well as to come back and make it a a subscription.
0: So let, let, let me ask you this, so are you right now currently, or have you experimented with running a Facebook ad to your target audience, and then, you know, having them go, are you like, are you amplifying a piece of content where then they'll be retargeted later because they've shown interest because they went into that ad and then maybe in that ad it, or in that blog post that you wrote, they, they, they were educated. And now throughout that, you're also sprinkling in some of, some of your products. Um, are you doing any of that?
1: Yeah. Um, in a couple of ways. So the first thing is retargeting to that audience who's engaged with us mm-hmm. to, to then they get the hard sell of, Hey, Buy buy some product either from Amazon or from our website. Mm-hmm. We also do some we call them those BuzzFeed style posts, so like ten things only boxer owners would understand. Yeah, and then we've actually created a we had created a boxer collection, and then we use the buy button inside of that post, um, so people could actually buy the product right inside of that post.
0: Love that, yeah.
1: And then our email um, pop up will actually target it based on. Um, dog breed based on the URL. So we can capture that, that information as well.
0: I love that. And I'm, what I'm I'm hearing from you and it's, it's interesting. And I think a lot of people need to pay attention to this. Like you could be talking about dogs and just all the dogs, but you're talking about like, you can have specific breeds. And then once you understand who that breed, you know, who that, who that customer is, as far as the breed, now you can almost position the content towards that breed owner. Um, how, How, I guess, how how much are you breaking it down to that level? Because I I think that could get get a little overwhelming because you have so many different breeds. Um, Yeah,
1: we focus on probably two or three core breeds that we know we have a lot of customer bases with. Gotcha. Um, So boxers, because we have boxers, so it's very easy to relate to. Oh, yeah. Um, Greyhounds, because we do a lot of stuff with retired uh, greyhound owners, and then we do... Um, A couple of other large breeds that really boxers and greyhounds are the ones that we've really identified with. So those are the main ones that we tend to focus on. So we will segment content out and create content specifically for them. But like you touched on, you could easily hire a staff of seven or eight content producers to just create content only on these specific
0: dog Mm. breeds. Yeah. And, and I think once you, it's, I think it's pretty important though. Cause once you, once you call it out, especially in an email, like, you know, I mean, the title of the email could be like, you know, the best treats for your boxer. Right. I mean, like yep. if I own a boxer, I'm opening that if it's, yep. if it just says the best dog treats, I'm not so interested. Right. Um, and that's what I've said all along. Like everyone's always like, like, you know, how do I differentiate my eight, my product, figure out who your, who your ideal uh, customer is that's using that product and then just tailor all your stuff towards that customer. Um, and then you're going to be like, okay, they made this garlic press for this type of chef because you know, the one that created the garlic press is this type of chef or whatever. Um, and
1: that's it. It's, and to use a garlic press example, if you know that a lot of your customers make their own spices and rubs cause they're really into barbecue, you can even go as specific and say, Hey, 10 things only Traeger owners will understand or 10 things, Yeah. Um, you only get if you have a big green egg or 10 signs you're you're like me and you're a Weber shell. Yeah. And if you can really drill down into that, people will resonate with that. Yeah. Like if I get an email that says 10 barbecue tips, maybe I'll open it. But if I see uh, 10, 10 Weber tips, I'm definitely going to open that because I've got three, three Weber's.
0: Right. Right. Right so you just basically called out you you know more uh, more specifically to you versus it just being so broad and i think that's that's exactly. huge that that's huge and it's, it's, especially in your content
1: and people really think that it needs to be this massive home run mm-hmm. but even looking at the pet industry in Toronto we and we did do a bit of research, not as much as we would have had we been launching um, a brand specifically. But we just went on Yelp and searched pet stores in the GTA. And the GTA alone, so that's the greater Toronto area for uh, yep. for all the American listeners, it's probably a billion-dollar market. If you look at the number of pet stores and you figure each one is doing a million dollars a year in uh, in revenue, plus vet- veterinary clinics, plus dog groomers and dog walkers it's a big enough market like that's more than enough pie for two people to cut out and make go and make a business for the lifestyle that we want
0: Mm, oh yeah absolutely um okay so let's let's wrap up with this what are your plans like i mean you're you're at you've been at this now for what three years um started out as kind of like just a thing that you were kind of dabbling in and then it started to show some legs and then you got a little bit more serious and now you're extremely serious Though. what's the what's the next twelve months look for you in your business?
1: Yeah, the biggest thing for us is really increasing distribution. Um, so we do have touchwood, i don't I don't know if I should say it in uh, in uh, at risk of jinxing it, but we do have a couple of big meetings coming up with uh, a couple of big uh, distributors that will really make that that retail push. Um, so that's the biggest thing. And then also just continuing to grow Amazon. Um, we surprisingly we haven't launched .ca yet, um, so we're only doing Amazon in the U.S. So, so finally getting our our butts in gear and launching on .ca. There have been a couple reasons for that, but really just increasing the distribution and, and continuing to grow. We've been fortunate to really experience a good month over month growth and just taking that and and continuing it to to grow and then landing a couple of uh, of big fishes, if if you will, in terms of uh, retailers.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's pretty much rinse and repeat what you're doing and just kind of doubling down on, I think, more things that are working. Um, and I, I, I'm, I know that you're experimenting with a lot of other things and you're just always doing that with, with social, especially. And then from there starting to hone in on that stuff. But no, man, I think, uh, I think you're doing great things. I'm, I'm definitely going to want an update, um, and kind of see what you're doing, um, as far as and what you have done in the past 12 months, because I know things change, but you're, you're a doer, you're going to be doing stuff. So uh, definitely want to uh, definitely check in with you again. Is there any other last little bits of uh, advice that you would give someone that's either looking to start a brand from scratch or that's taking a, a current brand and, and just making it, making it better?
1: Um, yeah, um, be patient. Um, be patient and be consistent. It takes, on average, 5 to 15 years to build a brand. And obviously, that's been accelerated through social media. But it's easy to read the stories of um, MBMT watches, for example, that just kind of blew up overnight. And it's like, I, consider, I the analogy I draw is it's like becoming a professional athlete. You might be able to be a Bryce Harper or a Peyton Manning where you're drafted first overall and you make it to the big leagues and you're competitive from day one. But realistically, it's going to take a lot of time to really go and find your market, find your first 100, 500 customers that really are passionate about your brand as much as you are and being able to leverage them. So as easy and as sexy it is to look at all the stories of people going from zero to $50,000 a month in their first year, that's probably not going to happen. But if you're patient and you're consistent and you can continue to grow, you will outlast everyone. And that, that's really the key to victory.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, you said it perfectly. I mean, patience, consistency, and just again, being, um, being in the game for the long haul and, and again, out, I guess, uh, outperforming and outlasting your, your competition and just being consistent and patient. So, I, I want to thank you, Lucas. I know this has uh, been a while coming and uh, we finally did it. We finally got on a call. So that's awesome. And I definitely want to uh, to catch back up with you in the future. So I want to thank you once again. I want to wish you all the all the best in uh, the fourth quarter, which is going to be a big a big quarter for a lot of us. So I just want to say thank you and I appreciate it. And I know that the audience is thanking you as well. So uh, take care, brother. And I'll talk to you soon.
1: All right. Thanks so much for having me, Scott. Cheers.
0: All right, so I wasn't kidding. once again, another great conversation. I learned so much. I get inspired so much. I I get more ideas the more that I talk to people you know on this podcast or in person like I was there in Toronto talking to Lucas and then just getting these creative ideas of what we can do to further build our brand because moving forward, if you're just starting, and you're on Amazon, that's great, right? We're going to tap into their marketplace, you know, all of their power of marketing and all of that stuff. But if we want to really compete, especially long term, we will be wanting to think about brand and, you know, really how to cultivate our own you know, customers and market and be not necessarily a leader in that space, but just front of mind. And I think social media allows us to do that very, very well. And uh, I think as you guys heard from what Lucas is doing, uh, you know, I mean, they're putting all of their energy into social media and then building that email list and then follow up and, and all of that stuff, right? If you have the power to be able to do that, the leverage to be able to do that, Your competition is not even going to know what's happening when you're able to maybe boost your sales on Amazon and then start to rank higher because you have the leverage of the, you know, the social media presence or the, uh, you know, maybe the repeat sales or maybe the email that went out. Like these are assets that you are, uh, that you're creating. And the one thing that he said which I have to remind you guys one more time is patience and consistency, right? You have to be patient with this. Social media is not going to be something that's going to grow overnight. Okay. It's going to take time, but also I want you to think about this. And I want you to think about this when you're either creating your own content, or even if you're sharing people's content, I want you to start thinking about that piece of content like, an asset that can always be working for you after you create it and release it. All right, you have to be thinking that way because if you have a piece of content today that shows how to do something really cool with your tool or your widget or whatever it is that you're selling, you want that to be relevant a year from now or three years from now. Now that's not always gonna be the case but if you can think about that as you're creating the content or even going out and finding the content, To me, that's going to also help keep that, uh, you know, that flow of traffic coming because it's going to be relevant down the line. Okay. So just another little side tip there, but patience and consistency, you're not going to see results overnight. Okay. And if anybody's telling you that, that you are, I'm here to tell you that they're not telling you the truth. There's no way you're going to go out there unless you borrow someone's audience or leverage someone's audience. You can see an instant boost, but that doesn't mean that that boost is going to be there long-term because you don't control that, right? They can delete that post or, you know, their traffic may die off after a week, right? But if you have control of that asset, that's something that you're going to have forever. And then you can repurpose that. And what I mean by that is, is you may have something that really does well on social media, and then you may put that into a little bit of a content schedule where now you can put that into your your rotation. So you might post it this month and then next month you might repost it again. And there's gonna be new people that have never seen that or even people that are on your social media or even on your email list that never seen it, right? So it's okay to go back and remind people of that stuff uh, or even just reminding them that you posted it in the past, all right? So I think that's one of the big mistakes a lot of people make and they think is that I don't wanna overdo it. I don't wanna give people what they've already seen. And the truth is, not everyone is seeing your stuff. Okay, it's just just the way it works. All right. So, uh, all right. So I'm fired up, as you guys can tell. Lots of lots of things we can do. Creativity is just going crazy right now in my brain. Once again, every time I I go through that, I get more fired up. And then that's where it also comes down to like channeling, like what's going to be the you know the best bang you know, for the amount of work that you're going to be doing and you want to, you want to kind of like look at that stuff, like what's the low hanging fruit right now that you can take advantage of. So that's the question you have to ask yourself. All right. So the show notes, transcripts, links, all that stuff can be found at theamazingseller.com forward slash 416 and you can get all of that stuff there. Now, if you guys are brand spanking new and you're new to the podcast, welcome. Number one, hopefully you enjoyed this show But if you're thinking to yourself, I just want to get started, I just want to launch my first product on Amazon and get the ball rolling, well, I would recommend going to this resource right here, and that is theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. It's where I take all of these podcasts and all of the information, and I break it down in about 90 minutes. I give you five phases to go through step-by-step. I give you the roadmap, so this way here, at least you can get the ball rolling. And that is really where I always tell people to start is because... It's the easier way to start, and then you start to build the brand on the back end of that. So, just wanted to throw that out there because I know I get a lot of new listeners, and then they get overwhelmed and they think they have to do all this branding up front, and you don't. Um, the best way to start is to just get started selling something on Amazon, starting to validate the market, starting to get a little bit of momentum, and then start building the brand around that once you see it has legs. All right, so that's it, guys. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I'm rooting for you. You have to. You have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. Take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.